each side could employ satellites to count nuclear weapons the other deployed. But here now was a device entirely beyond any such reins. One woke up one morning and realized that a weapon had come into being and was proliferating wildly, which was literally immune to restraint. By now cozily in place inside hundreds of movable ships, it had become impossible to count, much less to verify, by any system, any more than you could verify the number of chaff launchers, torpedoes, five-inch rounds, or, for that matter, loaves of bread in the fleet. No way even to determine which tomahawks were conventionally armed, as many were, which enclosed nuclear warheads, or which of the two a particular ship was carrying. Nothing told them apart. Counting, hence control, was now forever out of reach. The astonishing thing was how little appreciation existed for what all this meant, for what Tomahawk could do, as if it had not penetrated human understanding that each of them could transport a two-hundred-kiloton nuclear warhead, and that ships carried them by the score. The circumstance scarcely realized that Tomahawk embodied a revolution not just in sea power, but in warfare itself to the extent one could fairly state that it made little difference any longer what happened to land weapons, whether they were banned or not. It is a hard thing to say, but the fact was this. All of the talk concerning the restriction or elimination of land-based missiles constituted a historic charade, terrible in its meaning, its illusion. If the last one of these had been removed by such negotiations, nothing would have changed. It was almost as though people were being lulled into forgetting that there existed something called the sea, and that there are many seas, indeed that they occupy seven-tenths of the planet, and that there is no spot of land on it that cannot be reached by an object launched from some sea by a ship. People either did not know or could not grasp the fact that a single ship, such as ours, could fairly well exterminate a continent— and there were many ships. The Navy's consciousness of these matters had certainly penetrated, doctrinal writings soon quite accurately enshrining Tomahawk as the sword of the fleet. We were fitted with two 61-cell MK-41 VLSs, vertical launch systems, each including at the time of these events 28 TLAM-N Tomahawk land attack missile nuclear missiles, for a total of fifty-six, each of these incarnating the two-hundred-kiloton warhead for an aggregate of eleven thousand two hundred kilotons, employing the fission bomb dropped on the city of Hiroshima, yield twelve and a half kilotons as a benchmark to determine our strike capability, the Nathan James constituted an eight hundred ninety-six H ship. Put another way, we could inflict that number of Hiroshimas. Perhaps no one could be expected, in the sense of truly received knowledge, to comprehend this fact. The human mind seems curiously designed to contain the ability to invent such weaponry, while in any effective manner lacking that to take in the reality of the force thus created. I, the captain of this ship, scarcely comprehended it myself. I have often felt that the captain of a navy ship is the last absolute monarch left on earth, 
as close to possessing the divine rights of kings as remains. A man of war is an autocracy to a degree scarcely explicable to those who dwell out their lives confined within the literals of the world. Little has changed in this respect since John Paul Jones, under date of 14 September 1775, wrote the Naval Committee of Congress. A navy is essentially and necessarily aristocratic. True as may be the political principles for which we are now contending, they can never be practically applied or even admitted on board ship, out of port, or off soundings. This may seem a hardship, but it is nevertheless the simplest of truths. Whilst the ships sent forth by the Congress may and must fight for the principles of human rights and republican freedom, the ships themselves must be ruled and commanded at sea under a system of absolute despotism.